Welcome to the C. Charleston Podcast, Episode 3. I'm Jonathan Jackson, one of your hosts. I'm Justin Schwebler. And today we have a special guest with us, which is Philip Green of Second State Coffee. Hey, I'm Philip. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. Uh, We decided that we would go over what to do when you first wake up in the morning. And for 90% of the Western world, I think that's get a cup of coffee. So Bean me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So we wanted to go over some of the places you could get coffee in the different areas you might be staying. So we had said that it was good to stay Mount Pleasant, Moore Charleston, West Ashley, and downtown Charleston. So we'll go over some of those locations. Uh, Philip is... Uh, one of the employees here at Second State, which is my favorite coffee shop in the whole area. Uh, it's a great spot. And we're actually broadcasting from the downtown Buffane Street location today. So uh, I'll let Philip kind of talk about some of the coffee that you can find around a little bit. And we'll talk about some of the different spots, too, uh, that you can find in the different locations. Because I think we talked about a couple. And we would said uh, Philip had talked a little bit about um, how many people want food with coffee. And we we'd, all decided that they're not necessarily synonymous in Charleston. Good food and good coffee in the same location. Yeah, there, there's a lot of variety, obviously. Um, this is not Philip, this is Justin. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's obviously a lot of variety when you first uh, get into town. Um, you know, so like with anything, any part of your meals, you know, you're going to have to bounce around, try and search out different things that have specifically what you're looking for, but uh, you can definitely find it. Yeah, because we decided to just keep breakfast a second separate episode, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, because uh, what other kind of like most places have pastry? Most of the good coffee shops have pastries, but they don't have bacon and eggs and toast and things along those lines. I, yeah, I find that to be especially true downtown Charleston. Um, so, if you like, if you look on Yelp for downtown Charleston or on Google or something, the top two coffee shops downtown will be either Kudu or Second State, um, which is where we are today. Um, so both of those shops offer like a wide variety of coffee beverages, like different kinds of coffee, full espresso menu, et cetera. Um, but they don't have food programs. It's more of like the pastries. Um, I know Kudu has bagels, um, that sort of thing. Um, but if you want sort of the more like high quality food and coffee paired together, that is something that I think happens more like outside of downtown. Outside of the peninsula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were and talking I, about- I do think maybe that's like, just like a space thing too because like second state is pretty small like we're in a very small space right now and so like this this space cannot accommodate any sort of kitchen um and i the kudu is is sort of the same i mean it it's bigger but it it has a lot of seating but i don't think it could accommodate a kitchen either so like it's when you cross either of the rivers that you can find spaces big enough to accommodate like full kitchen with a coffee program yeah, that's what, and it's, it seems too like now we have downtown Charleston. I don't know how they've become so separate, but in Charleston we have good coffee or good food, but not necessarily in the same location. Not that there's anything wrong with the pastries. The second second state's pastries actually come from Butcher and Bee and Wildflower Pastry. Yeah, that's right. And so they're exceptional. Um, so, and I'm not sure where Kudu gets their stuff from, but. It's, it's Wildflower as well. Is it Wildflower yeah. as well? So, and Lauren Mitter at Wildflower is a James Beard-nominated pastry chef. Uh, so it's it's great pastry stuff. But if you want full breakfast, generally, you know, the places you go for full breakfast, the coffee's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and and see, so it seems to be that they're almost mutually exclusive. And so some of the coffee shops that kind of come around Charleston, there are only a couple roasters, really. So there's 
a second state roast, uh, broom wagon in West Ashley roast, um, Springbok roast, and then they're kind of the three main ones. It seems like everybody the else. Three main sort of like specialty grade roasters. And the the the. I went this morning to a cupping over on James Allen at Second State's Roastery, which is the first time I'd ever been there, and that's one of the most serious things I've ever been a part of. It was pretty incredible. Um, I think we had, what, 17? Yeah, so I'll just explain what a cupping is super fast. Yeah, so yeah that's a good idea. You, uh, a cupping is basically like a fancy word for tasting coffees in little bowls. So it's basically a full immersion style of brewing when you just put coffee grounds in a small bowl, you put water on it, you let it steep for a couple minutes, and then you just taste the coffee. Um, so what that does is it eliminates like a brewer's error. So it's, it's like an objective way of tasting coffee. And since we're not brewing full cups, we can have a ton of coffees. So basically what we do is we create small flights of the same coffee. So we'll have three bowls that are just... Um, that, yeah, like a single origin coffee. Today we had 17 different coffees, three bowls each. Um, so it's, it's a lot of coffee. And so a cupping is a good sort of objective way to taste coffee, get through a lot of coffee, um, and talk with other coffee professionals about what you're tasting, maybe what you're not tasting, what you like, what you don't like. Um, it was and, pretty and incredible. That sort of thing. So that, yeah, that's something that, and especially, co- especially coffee, is sort of like the cornerstone of quality control. Um, that's yeah that's it's an important sort of practice um as yeah yeah if you've and i think if you've never been to if you've never seen anything like that happen you don't understand what goes behind the scenes goes on behind the scenes at a coffee shop like this one it's it's absolutely amazing the amount of effort that goes into just quality checking and how much work went into that and the new roasts that were out and then other roasters to try those too so it's it's I don't know that other coffee shops maybe do it as well as you guys did. I, yeah, I will say this, that um, there are uh, like sort of coffee institutions that have that open to the public. Um, Second State is still on the smaller side, and we're sporadic with our cupping. It just depends on our everyone's availability. So they're not necessarily like open to the public, but we are happy to like have people. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just... um, but um, Counterculture on Spring Street, it, it, they have a training center there, um, which basically means that like baristas in the area go there to learn but every friday morning at 10 they have a tasting that's open to the public um and it's always free so if anyone is ever interested in like doing a cupping with coffee professionals that counterculture training center up on spring street is a good place to do it and it's different every week um sometimes it is just like cupping like we were talking about sometimes especially in the summer they'll do like tasting iced coffees so for anyone that's like really into Brewing coffee, tasting coffee, that's a great resource. Um, it's, it's always a lot of fun to go up there. I've never been to, I've actually never been to. Uh, yeah, it's, so it's, not a, it's not a shop that's open to the public always, but on Fridays at 10, they open to the public and, and yeah, have, like, have learning, have a learning environment. I want to go for, check that out yeah, one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you guys trying 17 individual coffees or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then you're trying multiple variations of the same roast? Or? Uh, so what you do, you. Uh, uh, you do the same coffee in three bowls. Um, it's from usually from the same roast profile, um, from the same batch, I mean. Um, but the reason you do that is sort of to check for any variations. Um, so you and you don't want variations. Steeping times? Or no, no, no. no. So it's, it, they're all prepared the same way, but um, you're checking for like um, variations within the roast. 
for instance, or like any defect that could have happened at the coffee farm. Um, so it, it, if the coffee is good and roasted well, all three of the bowls should taste basically identical. So these um, are, are they different batches? Or? No, no, okay. no, no, no. Okay. So same, same batch, same looking batch. Yeah. some variation within that batch. Yeah, and you do, you, typically speaking, or no, yeah, you never want variation. You want it to be Just sort of consistent. consistent. Yeah, consistent. consistency. Gotcha. And that's, uh, it was great. So we, we so I, I got the honor of going to the cupping. So it, like Philip said, it's not open to the public, but seeing and learning about how Second State, which is a very good roasting uh, company here, does the quality control on that was amazing. So you have three bowls of the same coffee ground. So three ground bowls with grounds of the same exact coffee in it. And then you smell it dry and then you smell it wet and then you taste it. And it's this, it's the idea is that it's exactly the same across those three bowls. So, so I, yeah, I have an example of, of like what could happen to make it not consistent. So when you're roasting coffee, um, for whatever reason, certain, coffee beans cannot be roasted as much as others um, and so we call those Quakers they're very light in color almost um, almost like the color of like a cappuccino or a latte um, and th so those are going to taste kind of like hay or kind of grassy or potentially even a little bit vegetal um, so that's unpleasant um, and if a Quaker makes its way into one of the cupping bowls, that bowl will stand out in comparison to the other two that don't have Quakers. Um, so, for instance, if you tasted just, just the bowl with the Quaker, you might think that the coffee itself is lacking. Um, but since you have those other two bowls there, you can sort of deduce and say, oh, okay, so maybe I hit a Quaker in bowl number one. But the right. coffee itself is okay. So, you know. Maybe it, next time I need to adjust my roast to account for Quakers or Quakers in there, or and then, pick the Quakers out. I, so stuff like that. So that's what that's the importance of having sort of like a flight of the same coffee. And it's a so, quality control. It just yeah, it makes sure, sure that the, sure. it's consistent all the way across each roast. And, and that each. I mean, as um, as baristas too, that's helpful to know like what pretend, like what could happen when you're serving people coffee. Um, so yeah, so it, it helps us know like what to look out for. Um, and it's it's amazing the the taste profiles too when you go across so with all the different there were 10 10 of the 17 coffees were second state coffees and then we had seven that came from other places and just the difference in the way that a coffee is washed and the way that a coffee is roasted and where it comes from and it's amazing if you if you've never really gotten into coffee and you 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 should wherever you are you should run to your nearest craft coffee bar and and find one that knows what they're doing and i think it's because i've been coming here for i think five years uh, now the second state specifically and it changed it certainly changed the way that i i used to go to starbucks all the time and then now i can't when i'm on a road trip and it's the only thing out there and i have to get it that i have i struggle i, I get i usually end up throwing half the cup away when I get to wherever I'm going, I'm like, God, that was gross. Because <laughs> once you get into someone who does it with such passion and such quality, then it's really going to change things. And Charleston's lucky to have Second State. There's two locations for them. They're downtown, and there's one in Mount Pleasant. And we were talking about the food. So the Mount Pleasant store actually has a kitchen. So it's full, got... Full kitchen, full service. So, yeah. And so they've got full kitchen, full service food over there. Um, so if you're staying in the Mount Pleasant area, that's a great spot to go and Mount Pleasant actually has a couple coffee bars that are over there but Second State's the best one uh, over on Mount Pleasant by a long shot 
North Charleston, if you're going to be stamping that area, I think we said orange the, spot. The orange spot. Does a, yeah, and then, so they use um, Springbok. Um, so just to sort of bridge the gap, Kudu that I was talking about earlier is sort of like the flagship shop of Springbok Roasters. Um, so two brothers. One sort of runs the roastery, one sort of runs Kudu. Um, but yeah, so Springbok um, used by Orange Spot and a lot of places around Charleston. Um, and one of the things about Kudu is if you, you know, it's 8 a.m. and you've been out drinking a lot, <laughs> then you can just go ahead and keep drinking because <laughs> they serve beer too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, Orange Spot is not a full full service breakfast place either. It's no, just kind of traditional coffee. coffee shop. Yeah, just and neither is Kudu. So Kudu is pastry. Orange Spot's pastry, and, and I've noticed um, actually with all the coffee shops that have pastry, pastry whether that's Orange Spot, uh, Kudu, or Second State. If I don't you'd, think there's a full service breakfast place in Park Circle, is there? Yeah, um, Junction, Provision and Junction Company. The new one that just opened up. It's on. So if you're staying in North Charleston, the best food in that area is really going to be in the Park Circle area, which if you're not from Charleston, you don't know Park Circle, you're going to want to use Google Maps getting to these places because you can get off track in North Charleston pretty quick. Uh, and uh, you might really regret not using Google Maps. It's, uh, it's a maze. Yeah. yeah it's, a Park Circle is a neighborhood that's built around a giant circle, and it is unbelievably confusing to drive around in it but Montague Avenue is where most of the restaurants are Montague Avenue and then the intersection with Sproul uh, seems to be where there's the Codfather, Sesame, Evo Pizzeria or all those are up there but there's a new breakfast place up there I think it's called Junction and Provision um, and that's also where Corey and Schweiwanger will be open up Jackrabbit Philly uh, so from Short Grain Bread Truck uh, but once you get into West Ashley there's another good roaster over there that has a coffee shop too which is Broomwagon Coffee um, we almost had Brianna come on yeah. uh, with us too. Yeah, I didn't, so Broom, Broomwagon's pretty cool, and I, I think Charleston's lucky to have them. Uh, the head roaster over there has won, or he didn't. He didn't win. I think he placed like in the top ten for U.S. roasting champions, which is a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, he's in good company. So um, they, yeah, they they do an excellent job. Um, one thing that I really like they do is they they offer really high quality coffee but they do have sort of like a smaller selection than like Springbok or Second State like at any given moment we may have like 15 unique coffees yeah um, but Broomwagon may offer like five or six like super excellent coffees um, and yeah, yeah, I never get tired drinking any of their coffees I don't yeah they actually it's excellent, excellent a great coffee. place yeah. and then one of the nice things about Broomwagon too is they do have some food they've got um the waffles they've got the really yeah, good wa- waffles they, you know waffles and toast um and pastries as well so that offers like a little bit more substance than just places with pastry options yeah um, and their waffles are actually really good yeah really good waffles <laughs> i've never been and i literally drive by it every morning so i'm killing myself <laughs> yeah it's you've got to go they're, 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 I, I had no idea it was back there they're really good and um and if you're really really into the coffee uh, brianna does a, a bicycle coffee tour uh, from broom wagon on her off days which i think is on airbnb i think yeah, it's on airbnb her, experience her um so yeah this is a friend of mine named brianna her uh coffee company is called talk coffee to me um you can find her on airbnb and i'm sure on social media and her just web presence but yeah she'll um she rents bikes, provides people with bikes, and rides around Charleston with them and shows them all these coffee spots. So 
I've served her numerous times doing that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty neat that she came up with that. And yeah. so and so, what she does is she, I mean, she knows she's very connected in the coffee community. Um, so she's sort of coordinated with baristas, and we just give like give her small samples of like our drip coffee um, or a pour over or something like that. That way her guests don't get too caffeinated <laughs> on their tour. Like I was I, they, this morning. They do go to a, a lot of spots. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So you, that's a, an excellent way that you can sort of like get a feel for the whole coffee scene in Charleston, um, sort of in like one place. So Yeah, she does a, she's a really good barista too. And, and, and she's a really, from what I understand, that tour is, she's, a really good educator as well so yeah i need to i need um, to take her coffee yeah, tour yeah. it'd be kind of fun to do i do culinary tours myself she, but i don't do coffee tours but. she talks not just about sort of the coffee scene here but also about like coffee in general like she, she carries around coffee books and goes through like growing coffee different coffee processes brewing yeah, yeah. cultural things too all of it so yeah then there's a lot of culture cool. around coffee yeah, yeah, too yeah. and and i think charleston really lacked the coffee shop until some of these places until really second state opened up when yeah. second state opened up it really kind of i think turned the corner there was it was the one where i think a lot of the i remember once i started coming here and i and i started really liking the coffee i, I was like god i really like the coffee there and i remember sean brock i think it was four years ago uh published his guide to charleston for charleston wine and food festival and i was like all right i want to go through this and see how many of these things that i agree with and I was like coffee, and then I was like, please don't let me down. And he was, he said, Second State Coffee is really the best place to go for coffee in Charleston. And I was like, okay, so I'm not. It's not just my own personal buy. <laughs> Actually, I did not know that, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I used to live on right around the corner on Wentworth, and uh, this was when I moved here in 2013. So you guys were under a different name then, but I would walk by here almost every morning and get coffee going to work on my thesis so you guys sustained me <laughs> through that whole thing so very appreciative it's, <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic and i you know came from an area that had you know pretty good coffee culture and a lot of great shops and stuff and i'm repping uh carabello's shirt today but um jonathan is this group in kentucky but um i mean it's yeah it's st- stood out very early on and i do think that one of the truly special things about Second State Downtown is it is sort of more of a neighborhood feel. Oh, I think very most, much so. So, like, um, Kudu is located right off King Street um, in a less residential area, more like high foot traffic. Um, so, it, I feel like it doesn't have that same neighborhood charm as we do because we're, I mean, we're in a very residential part of town, and I've been here for a number of years, and I get to serve the same people every day and that and I, th- I think that sort of enhances the visitor experience as well sort of like walking into a more welcoming space that's like i think uh, so too i think I, we're i think we're pretty friendly so yeah <laughs> extremely friendly it's Absolutely. and that's i think you're right kudu is a little bit more is more there's ten thousand college students yeah. a block there's away. just more foot traffic in that area um, yeah you can't you don't just yeah. if you're visiting charleston you don't just wander by second state right. you've we got are, yeah we're off the beaten path by just a couple blocks but it, it but worth it's kind it. of a world of difference. Yeah, uh, it's um, a lot of the concierges I work with, uh, they're very funny. They, they've been going to get cold brews from Starbucks, which is across the street from the hotel for years. And so I kept telling them, why don't you go up to Second State? Get it. It's just a block and a half further up the road. Well, that Starbucks closed for renovations and they didn't have any choice. And now it's reopened and they have not gone they back. Go back. They've <laughs> they've been coming in here now for two weeks. And so they were like, no, I can't. I like 
I like that one better. <laughs> and yeah. so now, now they make they go out of their way to come down Buffane Street to stop and get it. So it's it's always nice to see people kind of realize that it's a lot more of a neighborhood feel too. Whenever I do culinary tours and they say, "Oh, can we get a cup of coffee?" Because a lot of times I'll eat two or three, four stops, and then they'll want something to pick them up at the end. And we always stop in here, and they're always like, "That's a great shop," and it is. It's fantastic. So this is one of the best ones I come to. Car Charleston has its coffee shops. Um, but you're going to have to, they're not going to be out in the open. You're going to have to find them. So uh, it's, and we were talking about the breakfast earlier. I think we did leave out uh, Daps and Miller's. We wanted to mention them. So there were two places that do have good food and coffee at the same time. And Daps, which is Daps Imbibe, I think is the, is the proper name. That's D-A-P-S, Daps. Yes, Daps. <laughs> and I don't know the origin of that name, but it was. I do not either. But that's, that's, <laughs> it was one of the guys that. Worked here, started it, or went over to start with them, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he started their coffee program. Um, okay. But yeah, but they, they so they do use Second State Coffee as I their, knew they did uh, as their house coffee. So. And they have a killer chorizo uh, breakfast sandwich yeah. in the morning, and Daps is off the beaten path too. And it's another one of those places. It's not you're not going to just drive by or happen upon Daps, but it is worth it to seek it out. And then the it's other one. Of, uh, Ashley Avenue and Hampton Park Terrace. So not a traditional spot for people to stay downtown, but it does have kind of a growing Airbnb sort of culture. And I will say one of my favorite things about that neighborhood is there's street parking that's not limited by the hour. Yeah. So in Second State downtown where we are now, parking can be tricky for people, and there is a two-hour cap for non-residents, but DAPs free parking on the yeah. street it's pretty easy so no meter maid has ever set foot north of the crosstown i don't yeah. think so <laughs> i mean that's a definite plus like because it's easy it is to, it's yeah. easy to get to by car and yeah. speaking of difficult parking the other one <laughs> yeah. miller's good luck yeah uh, miller's all day is um really become the darling of the breakfast food industry in charleston it's an excellent restaurant the food is wonderful it's owned by greg johnsman who owns geechee boy mill on edisto island and Nate Thurston, who's a restaurateur. Uh, they make some absolutely fantastic breakfast food, but the secret is beyond out on Miller's. I don't think I've seen Miller's without at least 20 people standing out the front door in a month and a half now. Yeah, it's, it's always <coughs> incredibly crowded. Um, there's the, the county garage, the Charleston County building uh, parking garage is right around the corner, um, but if you're trying to hit that at brunch, you know, on the weekend, yeah, there's no tips. chance, and they take no reservations, but they do Springbok coffee. Yeah, they're a Springbok shop as well, um, and I know they they use a lot. They have a lot of coffee options. I know they feature the nitro cold brew there. They do have the as yeah. well as like just you know drip coffee and full espresso menu too. Um, so they've got yeah, that's one of the few places that you get really good coffee and really good food. And Daps, yeah, I think, yeah, is really yeah. the only. And those and two, I, I feel like those are pretty comparable spots. Um, they are. I think Daps is a bit more artistic. And Miller's is a bit more. Breakfast is bacon, grits, eggs, and a, yeah. you know, Daps, a biscuit. Daps definitely has kind of a younger vibe to it. It does. A lot more fusion sort of meals. But they're just kind of southern, southern cooking. But honestly, it's worth it. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean if you get a chance to go over to Daps, it's really, really good. Uh, but so when you're getting up in the morning and you need breakfast and you want that cup of caffeine and you want a good cup of caffeine then what you want to do is you definitely want to make your way into one of the good coffee shops that we have downtown. 
Uh, so Second State Coffee is my fa- personal favorite. And then if I'm too lazy to come downtown, because I do drive through West <laughs> Ashley, uh, which happens a good bit. And it's funny because I used to feel guilty, but I really like Broomwagon, too. And I would stop there. And then I don't know how many times I've run into Philip in Broomwagon. Yeah, that's where I go on my... When I'm not working here, I go to Broomwagon. <laughs> so. so I was like, okay, uh, I'm not an unloyal, horrible person for wanting to not drive across the bridge yeah, I mean into that, downtown. I mean the, that, you know, points to something important and that's try all the <laughs> shops and go to all the shops and yeah, yeah i went to um broom orange spot the other day and i realized the first time they had an orange uh, a lemon zest latte yeah and i was like well that's weird enough that i'm gonna order it um but it so it's you do need to get to the spots yeah. all the time it's it's like i say with the breweries you know people will say which one's the best one i'm like I don't know, there's 32 and by the time i've hit the 32nd one everything's one. changed <laughs> at the first one yeah. you know and they've switched all their beers and i don't even know what's there anymore and i'm like other the only way for me to know would be an alcoholic yeah. uh so it's but uh with the shops downtown yeah you've got to get to if you're downtown there's no excuse don't be lazy walk down Buffane street i always tell people it's literally a four and a half minute walk down Buffane street from king it is simple as it gets i've done that walk a million times and just walk down Buffane. you're walking west it's a light blue building on the right and it's a great spot to come in uh really good vibe to it we're sitting in here now it's six o'clock on a friday it's pretty quiet inside um and which is going to bring us up to uh we'll get to our last segment so philip do you have any closing things you want to no i i do think though that i mean there's a fairly it's a fairly short list of shops that we it mentioned is. so i I'd, I'd say go to all of them and if you want to revisit any of them get, pick which one is your favorite and do that because i i mean we're, we're all pretty similar but i think we we reach different audiences at times um i think so yeah so I, but i think that um really anyone that likes coffee and can really get into it can find the shop that works best for them because um, yeah uh, yeah Absolutely. And, uh, how do we find you guys? Do you have an Instagram handle or anything? Oh, yeah. It's just Second State Coffee. Um, there you go. Straightforward. And Second State Coffee. And um, I think you can find them on Instagram. Uh, the address is 70 and a half Buffane Street. I just and had to look at the, the window. Is, it's real. Yeah, it's real. It's 71 slash 2. So 70 and a half. Um, so it's easy to find. It, the building's color is, they painted it. I remember when I first started coming, it was purple. And now it's bright blue right uh, so you yeah. cannot miss it uh so it's a bright blue but uh we're gonna do get to our, our normal segments uh, i don't know if you guys want to if philip wants to if you have anything you have to do we don't want to hold you up but if you want to stay okay um so we were talking about uh what to do for that's not true and one of the things we decided is we're looking right out the window and just a stone's throw from just the old city literally jail. a stone's throw away uh from where we're sitting is the old city jail built in 1802 which I hear, Jonathan, according to legend, is the center for horrible genocide in Charleston. <laughs> yes. Um, according to the ghost tours. Yeah, we, we've got, a, there's, they do ghost tours in there, and I had a customer the other day who had taken the ghost tour, and he said, yeah, they told us that they executed 10,000 people a year in the jail. Uh, so simple calculator usage, that means we executed someone every six minutes for a <laughs> 130 plus years. <laughs> you know, Charleston was a violent place for a long time. <laughs> yeah, mostly the government, yeah. apparently. Yeah, so, and I remember thinking, I get 10,000 people a year. I think the population of Charleston in 1740 was 40,000 people. Yeah. So that means a quarter of the people in the city got executed that year. 
Uh, which means it was a... <laughs> it's like French Revolution. <laughs> yeah, French <laughs> Revolution. Stop your horse at a stop <clears throat> sign, death penalty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We just executed people for anything yeah. and everything. Uh, so that's one of the things you hear about the jails. The number of executions just gets absolutely ramped beyond belief. And I'm sure they have guides that do you know, come up with the correct numbers, which I don't know what the correct numbers are, but we know it's not 10,000 people a year. Yeah. 130,000 people, That's there'd be a memorial even if they were criminals. Uh, you can't kill 130,000 people on an acre of land and it not uh, not come back to haunt you, I think. But uh, And so it's yeah, if you hear that story going around about the jail, no, uh, there were 10,000 people a year killed in it. Oh, and on a fun note, um, just something I thought about, uh, the building that Second State is in would actually play a role in the end of the old city jail uh, when, I don't know if anybody remembers it, but there used to be a deli called Bubba Sly's Deli that was on King Street. And the original location of Bubba Sly's Deli was not on King Street. It was in this very building when I was in college. And I always thought it was just a funny name. I mean, when you say Bubba Sly, it's a funny name. Well, turns out Bubba Sly is actually a real guy. And he was a petty criminal in the 1930s. And in 1932, he escaped from the Charleston County Jail. And it took him 10 days to catch him. And that's the jail that's right here. I mean, maybe 200 yards away. And the 10 days it took him to catch him is hilarious. They're looking everywhere for him. And he was in the attic of this building. No, so no he way. was upstairs in this building. And he got caught because he was eating the family's food. That, and they reported. That's, that's real? That's real. And so he was eating the family's food. And so that's how they caught him up in the attic. And him escaping from the jail would bring about its closure five years later because they started saying, okay, this guy's not terribly bright, uh, but he'd managed to escape. So it's time for us to build the new jail, which would be the jail at the foot of the bridge. And then now we why have the modern you, jail. Why did, I not, why did you not tell me that before? <laughs> I thought I told you this before. Yeah, I, I thought, had no idea. Yeah, and it was... Um, so, I knew that there, there used to be a deli. Yeah. If, like, the windows get really foggy, the old deli sign, like, shows up on our door. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, but... I did not know the story behind it. Yeah, it's a really cool story. I thought I told you that before. I, I'm sorry. I thought I had. So, yeah, it's a really neat how that... So, if you're in this area, and especially if you're going to look at the jail, if you go to look at the jail and you don't come to Second State, then I'm really upset <laughs> because now you know the story and you know it has a connection and they're literally 200 yards apart. <laughs> I mean, if, if it's even 200 yards, I maybe even say 150. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, for I don't think we'd even decided what we're going to do for. Well, we're we're not very far from uh, Vandross Street either. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we're not. Uh, so we have Vandross Street, uh, which is one of our streets here in Charleston, uh, and one of our wharfs here in Charleston. So we have Vandross Wharf, Vandross Street, named but, after the Vandross family, which is spelled Vanderhorst. Yeah. So when you see Vanderhorst, it's actually pronounced. Van Dross, like Luther. Uh, so it, that's, and that's one of those ones when people say it's on Vanderhorst Street. I don't, doesn't even bother me because that one I get. You know, yeah. so that one, you're pronouncing it the way it looks. I, I totally I, understand I, it. I do feel like that there is a large population of local people that say Vanderhorst. There know, are now, there are. yeah. And I would be in that population. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard I've heard that the correct pronunciation is Vandrost, but I've never heard anyone say it that way. And I was like, so <laughs> someone's just pulling my leg on. <laughs> uh, Sometimes like, you wonder, yeah. A great way to kind of get the lowdown on how to pronounce all these different street names is to go to the Queen Street Market because um, they have all the different smoothies named after you know Vandross, UG, 
you know, agree. Just the ones you can't pronounce. The, yeah, all the streets. <laughs> and so people go, it's like, oh, I'll have a, I'll have a Vanderhorst smoothie or a, yeah. you know, a Huggy uh, smoothie. Oh, that's, uh, a, yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. UG and one, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, we'll get to those. Those are going to be fun. So my, my favorite one I can't wait to do is Prelo. So um, when yeah, we get we'll, yeah, uh, the, the uh, Huguenot names, we'll, we can have a whole section. They're mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. It's not as bad as New Orleans, but it isn't far off. So <laughs> it's, it, there's definitely a couple. So it's Van Dross, uh, Van Drost. Uh, if you are saying it, they did own Kiowa Island for a while. Uh, their plantation house they built on Kiowa Island is actually still out there. I think it's the one they use for special events and things along those lines. Um, you can't see it from the road. You can only see the arcade pediment from it. But that's kind of the origins of, of Kiowa is tied to that family, which they sold, by the way, in 1902 after the Bowieville hit. So if you're a yeah. fan of Kiowa Island, the Vandross family sold that to West Virginia Pulp and Paper Company in 1902 after the Bowieville strike decimated Seattle and Cotton for $1,500. $1,500 bucks for all of Kiowa Island, which is about what it costs to stay there for two nights now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, a pretty fun one, too. But uh, we'll be back our next episode. We don't know what we'll do next episode. Maybe we'll come up with something between now and then stumble onto breakfast yeah we'll stumble onto breakfast uh or um, how did who knows we'll come up with some something though but we'd also i congratulate philip on his new job uh, oh, moving yeah. out to la second uh, state yeah i'm leaving second state behind a, he's a short timer uh, yeah. so if you're going to be out in la philip may be uh, at, at the coffee shop you come to yeah. out there so right. that's right so he'll be missed here, and uh, he's leaving it in Rochelle's capable hands, who's back there working today. So, um, but we'll and thank him for coming on the show and, and going over yeah, the yeah. coffee with us. And uh, we will catch you guys next episode. All right.